Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. Jim Harbaugh is Michigan's football coach, but NFL jobs are opening by the minute. What's the latest there? Plus, actual football departures and an update on the men's basketball COVID pause and other winter sports coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you. My last podcast was without you two, is with uh, Michigan State basketball beat writer Kyle Austin to preview a game that never happened. That's kind of the world we're still living in. So we've got that to talk about, as well as some winter sports that are actually playing games. But let's start with something off the field, because it's it's the biggest thing. Anytime you're going to potentially lose the head coach of your football program, that's kind of story 1A. So it's uh, Jim Harbaugh, NFL rumors. I don't know. Aaron, Ryan, part of me says, yeah, it's, it's January. This is what happens every single year. But maybe this one's a, a little different. I don't know. What, what do you make of things as things stand at 11.56 a.m. on January 10th? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly smoke here. We talked about this last week. God, it's been, what, five days now since that original report came out from The Athletic saying that Jim was, you know, might be interested in going back to the NFL. Uh, and yet notable, and you mentioned, you know, this kind of comes up every year with Jim, and it certainly does, but he's he's also made typically quick work of debunking such things, whether it's mm-hmm. to the media publicly or to parents behind the scenes, uh, you know, parents of players. He hasn't done that yet to our to our knowledge. We haven't heard any of that. In fact, in a report from 24-7 uh, a couple of days ago said that Jim, in fact, told a, told a recruit that, you know, a few weeks ago or, yeah, a few weeks ago that he was certainly going to start looking, you know, he's going to entertain NFL offers. So it certainly seems like there's certain there's interest there. Jim is at least flirting with the NFL. And that's not to say he hasn't done this before. But, you know, given the situation he's coming off of, you know, Michigan's 12-2 year, Big Ten championship, you can make the case, you know, his stock is never, and they certainly have, an, have a right to show interest in him. Now, whether he leaves remains to be seen. I still think, if I had to bet on the situation, I, I still think Jim comes back. But I, I certainly think it's closer to 50-50 than it has been in years past. Now, you know, openings are starting to come up in the NFL. You know, today on Monday alone, Monday morning alone, the Dolphins fired head coach Brian Flores, the Bears fired coach Matt Nagy, and that wasn't exactly a surprise. And there are, there are several openings. Jim's name has been floated out for several now, most notably the Las Vegas Raiders, who just clinched a playoff berth Sunday night. So they, we might be waiting a little bit longer in that situation. And maybe they stick with the interim. I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff going on right now, a lot of moving pieces. And I don't expect this to be settled here in the, at least the immediate future. I wonder how much of the smoke to the Raiders would have cooled down if uh, if it was, would have stayed hot if the Raiders somehow blew that 15-point lead late in the fourth quarter and said they, they win in overtime and, and are on to the playoffs. I think first time since like 1960 that an interim coach led his team to the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it's I don't know how you can not take the interim tag off there and, and keep the guy in, in place, but – Yes, it is the NFL and you never really know. But yeah, I, I thought that was the most logical destination for Jim. But with the Raiders now in the playoffs, I mean, I would assume we have to wait at least another week. And if they win there, then you're pushing it into the end of January. I and mean, that's that's tough to do. So, yeah, I, I think it could be 50-50 based off, off of what I've kind of gathered and, and seen in, in the reporting. But, yeah, I think there is more smoke to this this time because, like you said, like this could be Jim's last good chance to, to go to the NFL. He's not getting any under and his stock probably won't get any higher as it is right now. And we led this team to the college football playoff when no one expected them to even compete for the big 10 title. So I feel like it, a news could come today or later next week. We just don't know at this point, but it's, it's been kind of interesting to see Michigan fans kind of get all wrapped up in this. 
I, now, I've seen some folks on social media ask the question, why rate, why Las Vegas? Why the Raiders? And I think there are multiple reasons for that. One, you know, Jim, for, for those of you that follow Jim's career, the arc of his career, he started his coaching career in Las Vegas, or excuse me, in, with the Raiders in Oakland mm-hmm. uh, as a quarterback's coach. He was, fond, he was fond friends with Al Davis, the former Raiders owner. The Davis family still likes Jim. Jim, in fact, if you can go with one step forward with the connection with Las Vegas, Jim met his wife, Sarah, in Las Vegas. So there, there's certainly connections there. there. There are reasons on the table for why he would want to go coach the Raiders. They have a, a legitimate uh, franchise quarterback there, Derek Carr. So it's not necessarily this automatic rebuild as we've seen. The Raiders are getting in the playoffs. He's so a good quarterback. I wouldn't say a franchise quarterback, but a good quarterback. He's better. <laughs> he's a better quarterback than most teams have that fire their coach. Bingo. I mean, yeah. So the, the situation there is tenable for him. like he can come in and, and try and win win right away. So like the pieces are there for Jim to take over. Now it's going to obviously be up to the Raiders organization and what they end up doing here. But that is why I think Jim's the the number one spot right now has been uh, Las Vegas. Now Chicago people aren't folks aren't ruling out Chicago as we've seen. They just fired Matt Nagy today and the GM too. And the GM. So there's going to be a complete overhaul there. Now the roster is a little bit more depleted, and you're working with Justin Fields who. I think the Bears think could eventually yeah. be one time a franchise quarterback. That remains to be seen. But so there's there's a lot of pieces here. It's the ball is certainly going to be in Jim's court. I'm sure he's going to have more more options than just the Raiders. But we also haven't really heard from Michigan either. Ward Manuel, the athletic director, hasn't said anything. We don't know what the contract you know situation is over there. I suspect he's going to get another restructured deal with a pay raise and everything else. But at the end of the day, does that really matter to Jim? Because, you know, we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, and Jim has said publicly, the money doesn't seem to matter to him. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. But if he's certainly saying that and he's donating money back to the athletic department, it certainly shows that, yes, the money really isn't a big deal to him. So I think more it's more about the support and everything around him, the situation. So, you know, a lot in place here, a lot of moving parts. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it. You know, we've, we've gone through this dance before with him the last couple of years. I think every situation has been, yeah, he's listening, but I don't think he goes this year. I think it's certainly a different story. The NFL isn't going to move its timeline up for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, they can operate at what will seem like a glacial pace to college fans because recruiting is not a factor. So any of these teams that are interested in coaches that are in the playoffs might have to wait weeks and weeks, possibly through the Super Bowl. If, if the, their candidate is coaching on a, on a staff that, is it makes it that far because they, these guys don't just leave the jobs um, midseason typically like like happens in college. So I don't know. It do, does seem like Chicago or, or Las Vegas are your options. And Las Vegas, like you said, is in the playoffs with a winnable game at Cincinnati to open things. Don't forget like the time when Jim left the 49ers back in 14, when he left there to come to Michigan and how like up in there that was at that point. Like there was a lot of speculation that Jim was going to come to Michigan but there was no definitive word, and Jim had been flirting with Michigan for a while. It was a very weird situation, and I think that's going to – if Jim were to make the leap to the NFL, that's – and we're kind of seeing it play out right now. I don't, no one really knows. I think besides him, his parents, and his his wife, I don't think anyone really knows what he's thinking. Only Jim Harbaugh knows. So he, he's going to have to make a decision. Yeah, you make a great point. I don't think it's going to come anytime soon. It's probably going to take some time, depending on the you know the fit and the, and the landing spot. Again, you know, it, it's it's weird. Ryan, you can speak to this, but I think they're expected to have some recruits on campus relatively soon. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to talk about this with somebody here in the, in the near future. So I think from a college head coaching perspective, Jim probably wants to wrap this up sooner than rather than later, whether he stays or goes. But you, as you mentioned, the NFL, they're, they're willing to wait. So this is going to be a weird next next seven to 10 days. 
I will say this. He's very good at keeping things close to his chest because, yeah, I mean, there's, there, like you said, outside of Harbaugh and his very close inner circle, I, I really doubt that people have a great pulse on, on what he's thinking right now. Yeah, we're, we're still weeks away from potential Wolverine Confidential podcast titled, you know, potential candidates to replace Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. So we're, <laughs> I, I think we did that last year, didn't we? We, we did do it last year when we thought he might get fired and we'll do it again, even before he takes an NFL job. If it, if it comes to that, uh, there are candidates internally as well as externally that we can, we can get to. Okay. So regardless of who the coach is next year, what kind of roster are they looking like? What is the, what have the days, weeks now, I guess, been since Michigan's season officially ended as far as, uh, you know, early departures. Depleted defense, that's for sure. Yeah, that, yeah, the depleted defense. It's weird because since the portal has kind of become a thing, the, the week after a college team's final game of their season tends to be like departure week. You know, you, you get a lot of guys at the portal. In Michigan's case, a lot of guys declare for the NFL draft. And that was certainly the case the last last week. I mean, we saw names we expected to go declare for the draft. Guys like Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Daxton Hill. We also saw some surprises. You know, defensive tackle Christopher Hinton, who had a couple of years of eligibility left or one year left. He could have certainly come back. I think most of us expected him to. He, uh, he declared for the draft. Vincent Gray, I thought was an interesting name. Uh, he decided to go. He certainly had two years of eligibility left. And you had guys who... You know, had expiring eligibility, Brad Hawkins. Josh Ross could have come back another year. He decided to leave. Hassan Haskins, another name I think many of us expected to go based on the year he had. So Michigan, you know, they lose, I count, seven starters on defense. That's a lot of holes to fill, especially the the edge rushers. And I think Ryan and I have talked about this in the last couple of weeks, but like, you know, who are the guys who have to fill in for Aiden and Ajabo off the edge? Because, I mean, if you look at Michigan's defense this past year, yes, it was good, but I think it was very good because of the edge rushers and the pressure they got in the quarterback. So if they don't have that next year, they could be in trouble. But Michigan, either way, I mean, they've, they've got some holes to fill on both sides of the ball. Another name that declared that, you know, I didn't mention Dalen Baldwin, wide receiver. I think you probably saw the right handwriting on the wall with the receiver room and how packed it is and how many guys are coming back. Uh, so Michigan loses quite a bit. Uh, and I haven't even gotten the transfer portal. But yeah, they they got a lot of guys going to the NFL. I guess some of them weren't expected. Some you know, certainly were surprises. Yeah, I, I think it, it all starts with, with the defense. I mean, th- this unit is going to have a much different look to it. And there's just so many candidates right now to take over those edge rushing spots. And there's no real front runners at this point. I mean, yeah, Jalen Harrell got a, a decent look here at late, at times this year. I mean, maybe you don't know where Chris Jenkins fits in. Is he is he an edge guy? Is he going to remain in the middle? Uh, you you got Mike Morris and Taylor Upshaw who who got some some run to, uh, this year. Uh, Julius Wallstroff, who, who we heard a lot about in the preseason, but he didn't really play much. And then uh, a big name that's going to be intriguing for me is Braden McGregor. He was a similar ranked recruit to uh, Aiden Hutchinson when he was in high school, close to a top 100 guy. But that serious knee injury, maybe a year after he, he's returned, he can maybe regain some of that uh, explosion that that he had he showed as a as a high school senior so that that's another name too but at this point it's a toss-up with with who to be the front runners heading into next year yeah i mean you mentioned you mentioned transfers too aaron i mean you're talking about guys that have, have already left or is possibly bringing guys in yeah i mean multiple guys have hit the portal or plan to hit the portal guys that really haven't played a ton as of yet mm-hmm. you know chuck or, well i chuck Filiaga, i guess is the one outstanding guy there he, he was eligible for one more year 
He is electing to move on. He was obviously always a you know a fringe starter. He started a handful of games this year, started last year, but injuries and, and just competition up front kind of kind of pushed him out. You know, he's so he's got one year left. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he lands somewhere. He's certainly a, a, a serviceable lineman. He could probably start at most institutions. So I expect him to go somewhere. Uh, Dan Valari, quarterback, is out the door. Uh, not a big surprise there. The quarterback room is crowded. They just and, and it's getting even more crowded because they're adding two more uh, two freshmen coming in as part of this recruiting class. One less New Yorker in the, involved with the Michigan. <laughs> I'm gonna football I'm gonna program. miss his podcast, with Alan Bowman. Most I think He's <laughs> maybe it'll live on. Who's to say? Yeah, may, maybe. Uh, and then a couple of names also hit the portal last week. A pair of defensive backs, Andre Seldon, Belleville native, and George Johnson, a converted former receiver. Johnson could potentially play receiver. In fact, he played high school, he played quarterback in high school as well. So he's that multi multi-talented athlete. Who knows where he'll end up? But yeah, those guys are out the door. Michigan also lost defensive line coach Sean Nua, mm-hmm. who is officially at USC now. I just checked this morning and he's uh, officially there. So they've they've got a coaching vacancy to fill as well. You would have to imagine that Michigan's definitely going to be looking for defensive help in, in the transfer portal too. Like not just at, on the defensive line, but in their secondary now. I mean, you've got a yeah. I mean, Andre Seldon and and Darren Green Warren did, haven't really played yet, but they were former four star guys that possibly could have emerged as death pieces this this past year. And then losing Dax Hill and, and losing Vincent Bray, and now it's all like, all right. Well, where is the depth going to come from next year? I mean, you have Rod Moore, who would play well as a freshman. R.J. Moten would probably assume another starting safety role. But, I mean, is you, and you have Jamon Green and D.J. Turner as your starting corners. But behind them, it's, it's all question marks at this point. I really thought Michigan, maybe, Ryan, you may know more than, about this than me, but I really thought Michigan was going to take a run at Brandon Joseph, the all Big Ten DB at Northwestern. I hit the portal. He just he just announced a couple of days ago that he was going to Notre Dame. I, I thought he would have been a great fit, someone that could have plugged in there right away and could have obviously been their number one DB. You know, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to probably have to look for help. But as we've seen in years past with Michigan, you know, they're they're very limited in, in scope of people they bring in from the portal. They're often grad transfers, guys who are no issue, you know, transferring credits and, and con, you know, converting them to U of M. So it's going to be, it's certainly going to be a tricky situation for them, but yeah, I mean, you got to, you have to think they're going to have to look at the portal for linebackers, edge rushers and, and DBs. And Michigan brought in a, a star studded defensive back group in, in this 2022 class. And it might not be surprising to see a few of them on the field early, just out of necessity next year, if they aren't able to add some reinforcements. You know, as far as it seeming like a lot, uh, as we just kind of listed everybody, I mean, I think it's important to remind our listeners that Michigan, of course, played until the second to last game of the season. They played until December 31st, which then, of course, takes you right into a New Year holiday, a weekend in this case. So kind of all the departures that were going to happen just were condensed into just a few days. So it seemed like this flurry of activity uh, and it was. But, you know, I'm not sure it's really any more than and other elite programs, you know, lose year to year. It just happened all in a, in a shorter time for Michigan. All right, let's, let's move on now to some other sports. The men's basketball team was supposed to play. It's, you know, biggest game of the season to date against uh, number 10 Michigan state at home on Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, the program in Michigan announces, yeah, that game's not happening. You know, they had Michigan had COVID problems, of course, earlier in the week Four players, and one staff member did not make the trip specifically because of COVID. We were told on Friday by a program spokesperson, two of those players were cleared for Saturday's game. Two were still waiting. So even if those two that were still waiting 
were not cleared. That still means six additional players tested positive or at least were ruled out by the protocols because they said they were under the seven available scholarship minimum required by the Big Ten to play a game. So unlike last year where Michigan was getting accused of ducking teams and kind of, you know, exaggerating their COVID numbers or whatever it was, their situation, you'd think that that can't really happen this year. I'm still getting clarification from the Big Ten on exactly how this all gets processed, but they say they were under seven and that's under half their roster because they have 14 scholarship players, one more than the typical max, you know, because Eli Brooks came back and he does not count. So that's a major, major outbreak. I think no matter how you slice it, as, as far as, you know, available personnel. Now, as far as what I said about, you know, last year teams accusing Michigan of ducking opponents, it's still happening this year. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it on social media. I'm hearing it on the radio to a certain extent. People believe that, you know, Michigan canceling its game against Michigan State and now Tuesday's game against Purdue, that they're ducking these teams, which, I mean, it just doesn't fit with what we know about Jim Harbaugh, about the Big Ten's policy, and about the fact that Michigan actually needs these games. They need to play the better teams and beat some of them to put together any sort of a decent resume. So it doesn't make sense from from a lot of different factors, but here we are. Yeah, that's just like low-hanging fruit to me. Like, look around <laughs> college basketball. There are games getting canceled left and right every day. I mean, look at the CMU Western basketball game on Saturday. It was canceled because of COVID. Like, the fact that Michigan's trying to duck, like, that's, I don't know, it's silly to me. And you don't even have to point to Michigan struggles. Like, look around college basketball. It's happening all over yep. the place. Look around your group of friends. I mean, uh, how many people do you know that are, you know, that have tested positive in recent weeks as this variant is just kind of ripping through in Michigan in particular, you know, pretty heavily. So we'll see. What does it mean for Friday's game? We do not know yet as we talk here Monday now, early afternoon. It's it's just too early to tell. Like the CDC recommendations just keep changing. Is it five days only? If you if you show no symptoms, okay. Then, you know, if they decided they couldn't play on Tuesday, that doesn't mean they couldn't play on Friday. But if guys are showing symptoms, that's a different story. So it's really hard to say. I mean, a lot of this did stem from after their trip to to Florida. They came back on December 31st, and that's when the positive test started showing up. I don't know uh, what the connection is there. They did go to an NBA game. They did do some other activities. But, I mean, as we're seeing in society at large, college basketball at large, it's just sort of, it's hard. It's really hard, and, and there's definitely no blame being being passed. But that's where we stand with that program. Not knowing if Friday's game at Illinois, another huge game will happen or not, but you know, stay tuned for, for more coverage there. You know, the women's team did play. They, they bounced back from, from a loss blowout loss at Nebraska, a team that wasn't ranked, but I mean, I think they will be now They're You know, they only have one loss on the season, definitely a program on the rise. The good news from that game is that Amy Dilk returned, you know, came off the bench and looked a little rusty and maybe a little nervous, but uh, she was out there. Knee braces on both knees, but otherwise, you know, moving pretty well and, you know, played again in Sunday's game against Rutgers, you know, Michigan won that game pretty easily. So they bounce back in a big way. Amy Dilk is back. Uh, Nas Hillman continues to, you know, dominate inside and they're getting, you know, good production from, from Emily Kaiser and Leah Brown and Maddie Nolan and, and, and just, you know, up and down the roster. It's a deep team that again, looks like a big 10 contender. I was, was hoping they'd be home here during this stretch as the Michigan men's team is without games and they're about to go on the road. But of course, they, they've got a couple road road games coming up too. So they're not home for a while either. But yeah, that's where things stand with them. And then we've got we've got the hockey team. I know I, I, I already know what they did. Ryan, you can give me the details, but I already know the results because they played. You know, I have a good friend who went to uh, 
UMass. So uh, he was he was talking some trash uh, in advance <laughs> of of this weekend series, and it it didn't go well for his Minutemen. No, it did not. But it's funny you mentioned uh, being accused of, of ducking teams. A Michigan hockey team was actually accused of that over winter break as well. They were missing five players to World Juniors during the during the GLI, and then all of a sudden the, they announced that the a few days before they were supposed to face Western Michigan on, I think the, the 30th, that that game was canceled, but they were still supposed to play Michigan Tech on the 28th. And there was a lot of rumors that, that Michigan didn't want to play Western Michigan shorthanded because of potential a, a pairwise tiebreaker for NCAAC later in the year. So, so yeah, that game was canceled, but they, they returned to the ice this weekend against the defending national champions who are currently ranked number 10 this year and they beat them both games four to one on Friday and came back on, on or no on Saturday it was a Saturday Sunday uh, series this, this weekend. So one four to one Saturday, four to two on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Oh, it was really their, their top line that really carried most of the play for, for Michigan uh, with Maddie Beneers, Brendan Brisson and Ken Johnson, obviously Beneers and Johnson were, were both gone at world juniors. They returned and teamed up with, with Brisson and, and that line combined for eight points in, in Saturday's game really kind of took over in the third period. Um, it was one-to-one heading into the period. And then they scored the first two goals again on, on Sunday as well. So a huge, huge two wins for, for Michigan. They moved up from number five to number two in the pairwise rankings, which is kind of like a primary indicator of where teams might be seated in the NCAA tournament. So Michigan stands 16, six and one now before they begin Big Ten play again next weekend at home against Penn State. That's basically our winter sports update as we try to you know cover more than just football on the wolverine confidential podcast again stay tuned for for continued updates on jim harbaugh on the men's teams covid pause and more thank you for listening